0: to that week because it was always intense.
2: The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys still, but Dante was my guy.
1: Get the dashes cause you still on the warfate.
2: This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting. Props and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's the corner where the treats.
0: Is, is this the, the passing of a torch, right? Is this what this signifies? <laughs> it, it comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important.
1: The champ is here.
2: We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it?
0: We always look forward to that week because it was always intense.
2: The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was <laughs> Dante Hall. I love you guys, <laughs> show, but Dante was my guy. <laughs> On the wall, this episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns post game show. I'm Marcus Dash here with our guy Lance. Um ugly win, uh but first and foremost we got the win, so that was that was good. Um but man, uh, this game honestly reminded me of uh, Lance and I don't you can I'm going to let you see what you have to say about this, but 2 years ago with the end of the COVID season, we went to the Super Bowl. That year there were so many games we came out on fire, like the Buccaneers game, good example. Remember that first quarter, that record-breaking uh, that game that Tyreek had in that first quarter, like the most receiving yards in one quarter. Then they slowly came back to that game, and then we ended up. By, it came down to the end. Um, it just seemed like that. It seemed like we had a game. You know, Kelsey's on the sideline, you know, smiling, everyone's loving it. Willie Gase touched touchdown. I thought the game was over right there. Um, and then just complacency. I mean, self-inflicted wounds with our with the, uh Pats. Uh, it's a bad decision making with with, uh, with, with those interceptions. Um, but I mean, and I think I saw your tweet. Like, regardless, probably his one of his worst games of his career. His stat line was still insane. Um, but what do you think? I mean, what do you what do you make for, uh, for this game to be too close? I mean, close to it should have been forty two nothing blowout kind of game.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little bit under the weather today, but I could not miss this opportunity to talk with my guys at the Chief Concern Podcast, Chief Concern uh, Post Game Show. I appreciate you guys having me on as always. Of course, bro. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, all week long, I was convinced that this was a game that the Chiefs needed to make a big statement in, not because of the fact that this is a team that the Chiefs had to take ultra-seriously because we know that the Chiefs are now 10-0. and Since Patrick Holmes took over against the Broncos, they've won several times over. They haven't lost to the Broncos since 2015. We know all that stuff. So this wasn't a team that they needed to look at as a legitimate threat, but based upon the loss the Chiefs took just a week ago against a team that they very much could be facing in the playoffs in the near future, a team that's beaten them three consecutive times... I felt that this was a game that the Chiefs needed to get right both mentally, emotionally, physically, all the all the aspects you can look at from both the team aspect and from the fans' standpoint. The fans needed a game where they felt good about it. And, you know, in the back of my mind, because I know Andy Reid and how he's always done things here in Kansas City, I don't want to complain because Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, and we're very lucky to have him here. But I think in the back of my mind, the, 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 the resounding consistency of Andy Reid's way of, of just going conservative once they have a what they would deem as a, a comfortable lead seems to always rear its ugly head. And instead of having a relaxing 20, 30-point victory like a lot of teams seem to have, like the Niners just did with their backup quarterback against Tom Brady, uh, the Chiefs like to have these games where they, it's a lot closer than it ever should have been. The difference in today's game, though, is that we can live with that when it's against Tom Brady and a team that inevitably won the Super Bowl that year against the Chiefs because that's a great team. Not a team that's averaging 13.8 points per game through their first 12 games of the season. Not a team that's the lowest scoring team in the last decade since the 2012 Chiefs. Where you're having a shootout with a team like that, where where you're basically surviving a team that you had a 27-point lead on. Where you everything's going right for you? Where yeah, you start off a little slow with back-to-back field goals, but then you just put a thumping on them. You're up 27 to nothing before people p- finish their first plate of nachos, and then you start having these mistakes. And, and, and listen, I can live with the Chiefs taking their foot off the gas. I wasn't expecting them to to floor it right into a damn wall, though. I wasn't expecting them to go out there and decide, you know what? Let's make this into a game for zero reason because mm. there was zero reason for this to ever be a game. The Chiefs were up four scores. There was no reason in the world why they had to survive a team this bad offensively, this inept offensively, to let them have life. A lifeless team, giving them life makes no sense whatsoever. And I know that we have first-world problems here, Marcus, but there's still problems. And again, the Patrick Mahomes situation, what I said in my tweet, I stand by it. This man came into this game as the MVP, and I don't think that's the case right now. Even though he had a game where he completed 67% of his passes, had 352 yards and three touchdowns, he had three costly turnovers that cost the Chiefs two t- two scores. I don't think the Chiefs' defense was as bad as the score indicated because I don't think it was the Chiefs' defense that gave up those two touchdowns. That was on Patrick Mahomes. And as much as we praise him and as much as we love him, and I think he's the greatest quarterback that's ever thrown a football, I have to criticize him equally when he goes out there and plays the game as bad as he did. And nope. he played very bad tonight. He looked awful for the majority of this of those last two and a half quarters. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if we can explain it. All we do know is we're seeing this more times than not. The Chiefs have a real problem when it comes to turnovers. This is now eight straight games where they've had at least one turnover. That may not be a problem in the regular season because the Chiefs are 10-3 and three and can still very much get that one seed. When it comes to the playoffs and things matter more than it ever does in the regular season, that will cost them if they don't get it right. So... Although, yes, the Chiefs did get the W, and I know people are going to say, well, they're 10-3, and 3. let's just forget about it, you know, let's move on. There are problems that this team has that we cannot ignore, Marcus, if we really still believe this team's going to win a Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, defensively, we were, I mean, to start that game out, we looked great, right, defensively. Mahomes', Mahomes picks got the defense back on the field uh, shortly after, you know, you know, getting the, the Broncos to the punt. So, I mean, like, yeah... It's one game, you know. Uh, for, there's been many times in Mahomes' short career, where, you know. He you know, obviously he's put the team on his back, and you know, and played hero ball to get us to, to a victory. So, you know, sometimes he's going to have an off game, right? So, I mean, we can't expect him to do what he does every week, you know. And even in this game, like you said, his numbers were impeccable. Um, I will say, I mean, troubling. Although, yeah, three interceptions of the defense got on the field a little more than they should have on uh, this game. This is uh, Russ's best game of the year, and that's something that's like, man, a team that looked like dog- – I mean, like you mentioned, the 2012 Chiefs said that they were the low scoring team since that 2012 Chiefs team, which obviously everyone knows, the 2-14. Um, but Russ, first game this year with three touchdowns, um, with three passing touchdowns. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's only done two – he's only done two once this year, uh, two touchdowns, and then he has three in this one. Um, and then his second – his third highest uh, – actually – Okay, his fourth-highest uh, passing yard total. Um, And he probably would have eclipsed it again. <coughs> Had he not gotten hurt. Um, Yeah, I mean, what do you have to say about – okay, so forget about the interceptions aspect of it. We score we score those points. Mahomes has the interceptions um, in the first half. And then we go on that streak of not doing anything offensively, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. I think the first two uh, drives on, on the second half were three and out. And then we ended up um, coming back and scoring – what do you what do what do you make of that uh, of the play calling? Um, I mean, Pacheco had a good game today. Uh, I think thirteen carries, I believe. Um, so maybe yeah, thir- thirteen carries, seventy yards, solid game. I feel like he again, we should be running the ball more with him. But I think it's, it's beyond that. I would have to say. I mean, Mahomes tries to squeeze the ball to uh, Juju in the triple coverage. It's like, I mean, what's what's going on here? Um, and then also, I'm, I'm still not impressed with um, with uh, MVS. Uh, I, each week, yeah, uh, last week he had that. Um, that, that nice catch. Um, but like, I am not impressed with that signing at all. And it's a reason why green Bay wanted to get rid of him. I think, and I think we're seeing that now. Um, but what, what do you make of kind of the offense going just kind of inept for like half the game?
1: There are three glaring problems, uh, that I'm seeing right now for the team as it's currently constructed. First one that I think that we need to attack is the biggest one. I think it's the, uh, the, the play calling, uh, I know that Eric Bieniemy is a very capable offensive coordinator. I know that Andy Reid has his hands still very much in the structure of how this offense runs on a weekly basis, but we see it week in and week out. Even in the games the Chiefs have put up big, big numbers, that you've you've sat there, you've scratched your head because you feel like, are they are they going to let the defense earn this stop, or are they just going to do it for them? Because that's what it feels like a lot of times that the Chiefs make it easy for some of these defenses to stop them on the, in particular on third and short. I don't know about you. But for the first three years of the Mahomes era, when it was third and whatever, I didn't care. I knew the Chiefs were going to convert because they they just they always found a way. But it seems like this year in particular, when it's third and one, I'm more nervous than when it's third and 17. Because yeah. when it's third and 17, you know that the Chiefs are going to have to air the ball out. And more times than not, Patrick's going to find his guy and he's going to do something miraculous like he normally does. But when it's third and one or third and two... It's almost like the Chiefs just are going to telegraph what they're going to do. It's going to be a Michael Bolton or Michael Burton little quick, you know, draw play real fast to get him, try to get him over. And sometimes that's worked. But defenses have been seeing that now for three years. They know that's coming. And And it's so repetitive. And I think that the creative juices are sometimes lacking in these big, pressured moments. They rely too much on the magic of Mahomes that when it comes down to you actually scheming up a play. Sometimes I think the Chiefs get in their own way and stub their toe on this far more times than not. And again, that is something they got to fix for playoffs. The other things, the other two things are, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Marcus, but for the last couple of weeks, Travis Kelsey hasn't seemed right to me. Yeah. I know he's made he's made some plays here and there. He's still great. Yeah. But he looks like he's either dealing with an injury and/or he's fatigued really bad. And so when I I was messaging with my guys Shaggy Shane and Clay Wendler during the game, and I said, guys, I think it's time the Chiefs put him on a pitch count for the rest of the season until the playoffs. Because to, to the point of Travis Kelsey, as great as he is, he is 33 years old. And he has taken a beating in his career. He's been very durable, but he's taken a beating. And those will catch up. And if the Chiefs, we obviously know the Chiefs are going to need him for the playoff run. I would put him on a pitch count for the rest of the season. I still feel confident the Chiefs can find a way to run the table without Travis Kelsey out there for 50, 60 snaps a game. But I think they need to get him fresh and ready to go. Which leads me to my third point the Chiefs have been missing McCole Hardman. I know people think that's crazy to say, but his speed, his ability to extend drives with those little jet sweeps, gimmicky Mm. plays, have been missing so much. I know we love Canarius Toney, and we've talked about him so much on this show. I've talked about him so much on my show, but McCole Hardman has been much more of a piece the Chiefs have been missing because McCole Hardman, right before he got injured, was a guy that was scoring touchdowns for the Chiefs. He was a difference maker in the red zone, and we are seeing the Chiefs constantly banging their heads against the wall in the red zone and settling for field goals or not getting scores at all and i think mccall harman has been a big part of that so as soon as mccall harman can get back they got to get him back and they got to get him going because i think it's going to take a lot of pressure off travis kelsey and it might take a lot of pressure off the coaching staff from having to create some plays that for some reason they're not able to do on these third and shorts
2: mm-hmm. um and for those asking in the chat, JD will be uh coming on here shortly. You, you guys know who JD is he'll he'll, he'll be on, he'll be on shortly. He likes to make his grand entrance mid, midway through the show. Um, I will say uh, you, you're talking about Michael Burn but I am I am a Michael Bolton fan. So I, 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 I just say Michael <laughs> I'm a Michael Bolton fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll say um that third and one play when we do the, when we usually do the uh the the, the fullback die with Burn. That's usually that's usually a guarantee. Um, yeah. I think I, I think. That may have been the first or the second time I've ever seen that play get, like, get hammered out there and stopped. Um, so, but you're right though. I am really uncomfortable when it comes to our third and our third and short plays. Really uncomfortable. Um, and you're right. We do miss Hartman, and we do we do miss Tony. I mean, if we didn't have, Har- I mean, if we had Tony at least, I, I'd be I, I could say, okay, we don't really need Hardman, right? Those are two. Those are two dynamic players that defenses have to account for. Um, so, like not having either one of them is tough, man. Um, but – I will say uh, in regards to Kelsey, I you're spot on. I mean, I think right, kind of right now, and I don't know if you think this though, I think we kind of have him on a pitch count right now. He's checking off, off the field a lot. And that's, yeah. I mean, just in, in all the years of having Kelsey on your team, I, I've never said, and, and in the red zone too, he's coming out during the red zone. I, I remember there was we were I'm like at the 12 and there's two plays in a row again. We saw it last week. And then this week he wasn't out. He wasn't out on the field. And I'm like, what, what is that? He's not hurt. Right. Um, But who knows? I mean, there was that whole rumor that he may have the flu last week. Uh, maybe we are doing a pitch count with him because Noah Gray seems to be doing pretty good. I mean, he's no Kelsey, but like Noah Gray's solid, um, solid replace, I mean, solid like you know a, a fill in for like a week, but not like not a full on Kelsey replacement. So yeah, maybe we are kind of uh, bringing this kind of um, a Kelsey kind of pitch count as we head into the uh, the playoffs. I Man, do you think that's what's going on right now, or do you think there's more to it than what we than what we know?
1: Yeah, I think that's what the Chiefs are now having to do, and it's not by choice. I think they don't have a choice because I think there's something wrong with Travis Kelsey. We know that last year, that after that Bills game, when he got absolutely rocked on that dirty-ass hit by uh, Jordan Poyer, that his neck wasn't right for the rest of the season. He was dealing with that all season long. So I don't know if there's something that, to that magnitude that he's dealing with because we know Travis doesn't talk about his injuries. We know he doesn't talk about these things. He just fights through it because he's just that tough dude. Um, yeah. But there, I think the Chiefs, because you're seeing him tell them, hey... Get me out of the game. Yep. I need to get out. Yep. So I don't think the Chiefs are choosing. And now I think that the Chiefs have to make that choice. They have to get him on a pitch count because right now, like you said, it's kind of one of those things where, okay, well, he's saying he needs to get out. He's our veteran tight end. We need to motion him out. Now, luckily, mm-hmm. to your point, Noah Gray's been playing very solid football. So yeah. that's been a nice relief as well. But, yeah, man, if Travis Kelsey is not at at least close to 75 80% in the playoffs, man, Patrick Holmes is going to have to be – next level and, and and do what he did tonight minus the three horrific turnovers yeah that the Chiefs are trying to have themselves a nice little playoff run. Yep.
2: Um so we got our we got our guy coming on here uh Jason Dunn uh, entering the entering the room right now JD what's going on brother what's happening let me turn it let me see it
1: hey man look look it, it, we don't need you showing the weapons off all right do this well, know,
0: big... all, with me all the time man, what, hey what, man. What, what do you want me to do?
1: I already have you know? self-esteem issues I don't need you doing this to me all right <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't help it i can't help it
0: um <laughs> uh, jd what are we talking about what are we talking about here what's going on
2: so we've kind of taken a little bit of a whole kind of uh dissecting the game and different elements of it we, we talked earlier about just kind of what we saw from the offense kind of you know first few drives got two field goals out of it we had that one penalty from orlando brown that kind of stalled that first drive then we kicked the field goal um then you know we come out that big lead, and then you kind of see us the offense stall out as a whole. You know we had the interceptions, uh, but the offense kind of stalled out. Even you take it to the first two possessions in the third in the third quarter, three and out, three and out. Then you know we kind of get back on on a roll again. What what did you make of kind of the offense showing today and, and making this game closer than it really should have been at all? It, I mean, it should have been, we should have won that game forty nine nothing.
0: Yeah, I, you know I think a lot of it had just due just lack of focus. I think when you Go up, you're beating them twenty-eight to nothing. All of a sudden, guys get lackadaisical, and it's, it's you know it's normal to be honest with you. You know, especially when you you're, you're beating somebody handily. You know, you start doing things. You know, he throws a little flip, and everybody's scoring, so everything looks good. And so, you know, these things do happen. Uh, but you know, the thing is, you you know, you got to be able to keep focus, and that's part of the problem when you know, especially playing a team like that in Denver. Uh, you know, who's who's a desperate team you know, they they just, they'll, they'll try everything. And then you just give them a little bit of glimmer of hope, just a little bit, to try to just keep them there. And I think that's part of the problem. Uh, you know, but I'm going to keep going back to the same thing, man, about just running the football. We just don't do the practical things when we need to. And so, yeah, you know what? Hey, we score, passing the football, but, you know, which is our identity. That's our identity. But what's going to help us go further in the playoffs what's going to help us go and win a Super Bowl is getting that established running game. And so, when I'm looking at when you're in the red zone and it's second and three or you know third and short and you, you decide you're gonna pass the ball. I'm like, my goodness, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Right? And 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 sometimes that's what it is. When you know a team like that is kind of reeling, you're gonna try anything, right? Let's just keep doing our own stuff. Let's keep up with the game plan. But sometimes it's all about like look, you know what? Let's hand it off to Pacheco, let him get a couple more a couple more numbers, running the football. We just have to do it. We just we just haven't decided that that's what we're going to dedicate ourselves to is running the football more effectively and that's our problem you know so i i always look at that i, I think you know when we decide to pass the football and patrick made some, some bad decisions i mean he'll let you know that it's just you know you're throwing it in traffic because guys around and just looking at his eyes and so you just get careless with it and so i think you know you just have to do a much better job of protecting the football especially during that time when you're up like that 28 to nothing you got to protect the football and so, what ends up happening, you know, we talk about these things all the time. When offense starts stalling, the defense is affected by it because now they're on the field more than they, they need to be, and they haven't really got a rest. It's like, God, now here we go. Now we got to get back on the, you know, out there on the field. And so, all of that is just accumulation of different things that happen to, to, to get you to where you at. But that's kind of my take on it, man. I just my thing is we got to be able to run the football more. Period. That's it. Point blank.
2: Yeah, and I was making a point to Lance that you know, with uh, Pacheco had 13 carries today, he should have had way more touches than that. 13 is not Man, enough. Man, at least 20.
0: Yeah, at the very least 20.
1: Yeah, um, and and that, and that it, I would say, Marcus, real quick. That's the frustrating part about this is it'd be one thing if the Chiefs just simply couldn't run. Like if they just did not have a run game, they didn't have a reliable running back. Yeah. That'd be one thing. They're like, Man, hey, you know, like they're the Buccaneers. They just can't run the ball. But that's not the point. That Pacheco and McKinnon had incredible games tonight, man. So yeah, they yeah. need to be given more opportunities to do so. I know you're probably trying to keep these guys fresh for the playoff run, but these are still games where it's tighter than it should have been. You got to have these guys go out there and make these plays because, like I said, these guys were out there performing when they were given the opportunity to. You got to keep letting them do it, man.
0: Right. But and also, too, it helps out the, the O line helps them out. You know, as far as like in the pass blocking and all of it, just helps ha- helps out in every in the whole aspect. Of the the overall scope of what you're trying to do, because even if you're running these guys, you know you got other guys on on you know this behind you. So ain't like we're we're short of running backs. (laughs) We got effective guys that can run the football. You know we just got Melvin Gordon after uh, you know also too. So Ronald Jones, we we got guys to run the ball. So you could hand it off to Pacheco. You can hand it off to McKinnon. Help the, the the O line out. Right. So you don't have to throw it 40, 50 times. Like why, like, why are we throwing it 40, 50 times this game when you're up by that? You don't, you don't have to. Start running the clock. Start milking the clock a little bit more. And so that's what I'm talking about as far as like that's the effectiveness of what you try to do offensively against a team like this. Right. Because they got we know they got a great secondary. OK, they got a great pass rushing. They got some speed rushes out there. It's going to make it a little, a little tight. But of course, what we do, we're going back into our tendencies. And that's how they start playing it. We start trying to do a little sprint out. It was cut down in that sprint out. But they were just chasing Patrick down from the backside. That's, I mean, they knew that. I mean, lined up to the outside because they knew we was going to do the little rollout pass. Our tendency, and so you know, when you do that, you get hits on the quarterback. Things like that can happen, man. I just, I I, I just, I hate seeing things of that nature uh, because that's how guys can get hurt.
2: And you can make the argument too that I mean, two of the two of the interceptions that Mahomes threw, I mean, all three of them, having to run the ball there, those, those turnovers were going to happen, and the defense would have to go back on the field again. Because I think the defense actually played a good game today, but they just had they kept going back out in the field, and they were, were winning. They were they were on the field all game.
0: Yeah, man, it, it's disappointing for a defense. I don't care. You ask any defensive guy, Anytime an interception is thrown, especially something like that, you just like you know, you just kind of throw your hands up, like, wow. Okay, we just sat down. Like we really just sat down to get our breath. Now we gotta go back out there. Uh I think Brandon Williams looked good. It's bright spot though on defense. I think he looked he, he looked exceptional. Mm-hmm. And so I was saying that some of my combinations that we use on the D-line, man, just it just doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't work. But when you see him in there, you could you could tell a difference on like how he was pushing the guy back on Russell Wilson. Uh and then that, that, that was like the bright spot. that thing is I was just kind of looking at I knew the game was going to kind of be this way somewhat. I, I wasn't worried at all at any point in the game, to be honest with you. And I knew the Chiefs wasn't either. They weren't really worried about it. It was just, you know, it's a team that you're, you're playing that you know you should beat, you know you're going to beat, but it's all about how you do it. And so when, when you're doing this, you practice on the things that you need to practice on, which you want to get better at. Running the football. Let's get better at that. Let's call some plays that, you know, we haven't quite none. You know, now we need to start teeing off on these guys, okay? Get used to doing that.
1: Yeah, 50% of the Broncos' points tonight were scored on turnovers. And we'd seen, like I talked about, eight straight games of, of, of turnovers, eight consecutive games, the Chiefs have had at least one turnover. Last week, a turnover cost the Chiefs the game. Kel- Kelsey put the ball on the ground, gave the Bengals second life. They went and scored the scoring drive. that ended up winning the game 27-24 to 24 and ended up the deciding factor. Tonight, this game was that much closer simply because of turnovers. Patrick, you notice, guys, the Broncos didn't even get on their side of the field until Patrick turned the ball over the first time, and then it gave a lifeless team life. Oh, this yeah. defense, oh. as much as... Look, I, I, I crush this defense a lot of times, sometimes unfairly, because I think they can play better than what they're what they're capable of, and sometimes they can, they can definitely play better than what they've done at times. But tonight was not because the defense was out there looking lost against a bad offense. It's because of the fact that that, that bad offense for the first time in a long time was like, oh, we, we got an opportunity here, fellas. Nice. We have an opportunity that's to help the, the, the defense for the first time, time in 10, 12 weeks. This is something we have not experienced. You saw it in Russell Wilson's body language. You saw it in Jerry Judy's body language. You saw it in everybody's body language. We're going to play our asses off right now because we have an opportunity. The the God on the field, Patrick Mahomes, is, is, is showing blood. The, there's blood in the water. Let's go after these guys. They're giving us an opportunity. Let's not squander because we don't get many opportunities like this. We're at, we're an offense that is averaging less than 14 points a game this season, guys. Let's go get it. And that's when things started to change, guys. And so th- th- I know it's not easy. It's easy for us to sit here and say, let's just stop turning the ball over. But again, like you said, Marcus, these turnovers were just – and and JD's 100% correct. You get a little lackadaisical. And I know Patrick likes to – Make these cool plays because, like, he did, he, did the, he did the white chocolate Jason Williams no low pass to McKinnon, and it looks cool, it's sexy, it's fun. But in games like this, man, you got to just go out there and finish them. Sometimes it doesn't have to be sexy all the time. When you're up 27 points, just go out there and be methodical and get the damn game over with, man. I'm good with that. If you got a 27 point lead, you can win that game 27 to nine, and I'll live with that. Just don't make this game closer than it has to be because then you are exerting energy you don't need to use down the stretch when you could be getting guys rested and ready for the playoff push.
0: When you start going into like uh you know the percentages on winning with certain turnovers, amount of turnovers and whatnot, then you start seeing it. You start seeing, oh okay, I see what you're saying. When you start getting giving the team, like you said, field position, right? Like you said, when <laughs> they wouldn't move the ball until well, shoot, they're gonna keep giving it to us right here. If short field, Absolutely. let's take advantage of it. And then, of course, something a penalty here, something like that happens, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they, they're in the end zone. Jerry Judy's over here you know, doing the gritty and all these other different things. Everybody celebrate. I ain't never – it's been a long time I've seen uh, uh, Russell Wilson celebrate like that. I've never seen a fist bump in Denver before. So, True. It was. hey, man, they I, they loved that little spurt that they had, uh, you know, while they had it. But, you know, that's that's who the Denver Broncos was. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. We know there was a very bad football team. We should have beat them handily, no doubt about it. Now, and we were, we was doing it, but like I said, it just okay, man. Everybody's, are we good? Just, hey, just chill out, right? So, what was y'all talking about before when I gave in about tight ends? What was y'all saying? What was going on
2: with that? So we uh, we were talking about. I mean, Lance brought up the point that is there something? Because last week, you know, there was that potential that rumor of the flu going around, and we may have said Kelsey man didn't didn't look right, and yeah. then. We kind of made the point. He, he still doesn't look right. And I was saying to me, and he was saying that maybe a, as Kelsey gets older, maybe when maybe we start to see him on a pitch count, on a little snap count. And to me, the last few weeks, it seems like we already have begun that process. You know, he's always asked. He's asking to come out more than I've ever seen him asking him to come out of a game. Um, in the red zone, I've seen last week and this week. I'm seeing Noah Gray in there more so than him. I'm all, and I'll say this too. I'm also seeing a reduction of Jody Fortin's play in the red zone. I don't even see Jody Fortson anymore. I see him on punt team and special teams. I don't even see him out there on office anymore, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, we were talking about um, if we should probably start to roll him on a snap count as we get, as we get closer to the playoffs, we have him healthy and a, a full hundred percent Kelsey as we approach the playoffs. Do you, do you think that he's currently on a, on a pitch count right now? And do you, do you, do you think something's wrong with, with Travis right now, like injury wise or health wise?
0: No, I mean, if, you know, if he had the flu, I mean, the flu is going to take you a while to get back. For one, but the, I, I think you should. I think it's just the right thing to do to have him someone on the pitch cap when you don't necessarily need him in certain certain plays. You Just don't you don't need to put him in there, and so it just makes sense because you know he's you know, he's getting older, and you know, a guy like that you want to protect. I mean, that's that's your that's your that's your golden guy. So you know you don't want him getting hurt over something silly or you know somebody else like Noel Gray can come in or Jody Forsen could necessarily come in and do. So we got two capable tight ends uh, that can fill that hole for Travis if he need to. And so the other thing, though, too, is because of our offense has you know predicated kind of on on Travis. Noel does a good job of getting open. We know Jody's a, a, a effective receiver, and then we got all the other people around him. Sky Moore, you know, MBS, MBS finally caught a ball toward the end of the game. I forgot he was playing. I was like, well, sure. I forgot MBS is playing. Yeah. I had heard his name all all game. And so, uh, and we're gonna be getting some more weapons back. So we got weapons. That's the thing about it. We got weapons. And I think just because how we how we run the offense is just finding holes, finding windows, uh, you know, you could you can afford uh to sit Travis down if you need to. And they look, and they'll trust Travis. Travis to let them know how his body feels. they are they'll watch You know, that's one thing that they're not gonna do. They're not gonna overplay him when you don't need to. I mean, that'd just be silly, stupid. So
2: what do you what What do you think it is? Uh, because I thought Fortson was going to be more step up a lot when we had all these injuries in all, offensively, because you know obviously Tony's out, Harmon's out, and obviously not the same kind of guy, right? Different types of, you know, of guys who fill that role. But I thought Fortson was going to get a little a little more snaps, uh, maybe out wide, just a little more involved in the offense. of Those guys being out, and it seems like it's been the opposite. Those guys have been out, and he's just kind of taking a, a reduced role offensively. What do you What do you make of uh, Fortson's reduced role?
0: I don't know, uh, you know, to, to, be honest with you, uh, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm perplexed by that too, you know, cause I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know, you got a guy that's capable who, who's got a big body, can body up who can run by corners and safeties and no doubt about it in the linebackers. So he's still a, a matchup nightmare. Uh, just maybe, you know, how they wanted to just run plays, some of the packaging, but what you have, maybe what they want to do might be part of the problem. Cause sometimes what ends up happening, once you get into, uh, the temple things, you like, you know, as a coordinator, you like, oh, man, like, dang God, I can get to run him in. And sometimes the coaches start talking about it, man, we wanted to play Jody a little bit more than what we did. And they'll talk about it. and So that's part of the problem when they don't quite see it, where they thought he might have been in somewhat of the game plan. And then all of a sudden you realize that you never caught any of those plays. But sometimes in a situation, if situation situation is, is not ideal for him to be in, then he, he just won't be in. But I think, when, especially when we're having a problem, and, and I think it's what you were kind of asking, down in the red zone, he needs to be in the, in the game. I mean, because not only is there effective blocking, but he's a great, you know, uh, pass catcher. You know, he can, he can play basketball down there. So I, it would be absolutely normal for me to say, look, Jody Forson needs to put me down here within the 20-yard he needs to be in these, some of these packages. Probably, like you said, fifty percent to seventy-five percent. He needs to be in here. Hey, we run a thirty-one. We run the the fullback blast with Burton. Should go on and do something with, with Jody running down the sideline. Why not put him out in the flat? I just, you know. So I, I think we kind of exhausted that play. I think I tweeted that to the to the nauseum for real. I mean, teams is just like, okay, here's Burton. We gonna we'll go for the little dive, little blast here. Let's play that first. So. I think you know we we just had to get somebody like that involved, uh, and, and Watson too. He's big body. We got big body guys. We got big body guys, man. We do, and so you just hope you see more of that. And like I said, I hope we see more of just running the football. And so we just kind of get back into you know what what we do, what has been working
1: for us. If I told you guys there was a guy on a on a random team, doesn't matter what NFL team it was, but he's six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds, and over seventy percent of his career completions or receptions, rather, were touchdowns. Wouldn't that sound like a guy that you want to throw the ball to in the red zone? Because that's Jody Fortson. And you know what? I saw Jody Fortson really frustrated tonight towards the end of the game, and I don't blame him. I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe it had nothing to do with him not being used. But I saw Patrick talking to him a little bit as the game was dwindling down. But Jody's – if I'm Jody, I'm I'm frustrated too because I think that guy, as much as he's worked his body back into shape, tearing his Achilles like he did last year – getting back into the, uh, into the graces of this coaching staff, getting back on this roster. It's not easy making this type of roster. A Super Bowl-winning roster, a team that can win a Super Bowl, that's not easy to do, let alone an NFL roster at all. So I'd be frustrated, too. And, and, and J.D., you and I have talked about this for over a year now, about the 50-50 balls, man. Like, I don't know why the Chiefs are fixated on not throwing the ball into the end zone when they're in the red zone. I don't understand why that is. In 2018, if you go watch the highlight tapes of Patrick Mahomes' 50 touchdown passes, I mean, at least 12 of them are throws into the end zone. I mean, the play that everybody always goes back to about when did we know Mahomes was Mahomes was the throw against the 49ers at home in week three. What did he do? Oh, yeah, he threw it in the back of the end zone to a guy named Chris Conley who can't even make a roster consistently in the NFL. So that should tell you what should be happening right now is the Chiefs need to be throwing to their big dudes out there in the corners of the end zone, giving these guys opportunities to get these scoring plays down. Because, yes, I understand you're a finesse offense. Yes, I understand that Andy Reid has a system in place that he wants to implement on a weekly basis. But you have these guys on this roster for a reason. I have to believe it's because you want to give this guy an opportunity to go out there and make plays. So, yeah, I want to see Jody Fortson utilize a lot more. I know Noah Gray is probably the more complete player. But Jody Fortson's got a frame, man, that you would envy, anybody would envy, outside of maybe J.D. himself. But, uh, yeah, it's very confusing to me that he has not been utilized. Yeah, 24-inch pythons over here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what you going to do nah, when J.D. runs wild on you? <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, is, I mean, it is. It, it is frustrating, especially to see, like you said, 6'6", 250, come on. I mean, that that's what you want. That's, right. that's the guy you're looking for, right? And so, like I said, man, it is frustrating not to see and, and the thing is, it, hopefully he's not getting frustrated. I, you know, I, I tell you what, man, I, I really, I, I really hate when I see guys get frustrated and show frustration, kind of like they do. To me, I think it's it's just bad taste to kind of show that. because uh, it's like it's getting to you, right? It's, it's just like, okay, you didn't show your hand. If this is what's gonna do, then as a defender, I'm like, oh, I got this guy. I'm stay frustrated. I'm being his zero the whole time. Look at you. What, what's wrong with you crying? Or what are you crying about? You know, I'm just just start messing with a guy. But I think, you know, you have to definitely implement something with Jody Forson, especially in the red zone. I don't care that you just have to do it. You had to make sure it's a point to get him in there. Um, well, a- another thing, I guess I-, I was looking at some of the comments. They were just talking about some of the things that, you know, have to worry about with the Bengals and the Bills, you know, in the playoffs, uh, if-, if that's some of the things. I, I-, I think we're putting the pieces together. And I kind of look at this game as like one of those things that it's like the game that you kind of like you're trying different things. You're trying everything. You're just trying to make sure everything getting the tempo and doing things and moving around it didn't quite work. So it's like, OK, well, all right, that what we did in the second half didn't was, was was horrible. We need to do a much better job as far as protecting the football. That's first and foremost. You know, that football, that's, that's your that's your livelihood right there. I mean, that's how everybody eats. You got to make sure you protect that thing. At all costs. So, first and foremost, that needs to be uh, addressed immediately. Um, and I think it's what Travis did because he was, they said he was going doing drills, you know, of like keeping it tight and stuff like that, like when he first ran. Yeah. And it, like, you know, it's, like you said, he said, even though I let it go, it's still in your head because you still got to think about it. Because, you know, defense see that they've done that. Well, shoot, next time somebody else is going to come in and try to rip the ball out. It's just, I mean, it's how it works. You've seen it on film. So, you got to continue to do it but i think this, the, the chiefs are just we, we know that this part of the season you do have the broncos you do have the texans you know say so you so you have somewhat of an easy schedule you know what it's going to be that right and so like we talked about pitch counts all those things do come into play you have to worry about that so
2: yeah and i think the the, the lack of jody right especially right now when, when over the last 3 weeks we've seen kind Of a red zone deficiency. We're not really, you know, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And we're not you it's a correlation. We're not using a guy who all throughout preseason, all throughout the first part of the, this season, we saw a guy who we come in literally just in the red zone, we throw it up to him. Um, so it's interesting. We're having red zone problems right now. Let's go back to let's go back to the bread and butter, a guy who we pretty much is only using the red zone, and regardless if we throw it to him or not. Defenses, the defenses watch through the game tape. They know that guy's a red zone nightmare, so they're, they're they'll focus on him even if you don't even use him. So, yeah. come on, yeah. man! I got to be a six foot corner, shoot five ten.
0: Come on, I, hey, guess what? This week we're going to use. It's going to be back shoulder fade. Go up and go get it. High point the football. We got to give you that ball at least. We got, we got to at least try it at least one time. So I just don't. I, I yeah, it, it just makes sense. Just absolutely makes sense to me.
2: Um, so I I got we got a question um from someone who on Twitter uh our guy uh, Clarence uh, DM me saying he wanted to ask you JD um said after losing to the Bills and the Bengals um yeah. does it show that we have a trouble beating the top teams in the conference that we can kind of we can kind of beat the 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 bad teams in the AFC but we have a trouble beating the top teams in the AFC are you concerned at all with two of our three losses being Bengals and the Bills?
0: No, not at all, and and the reason I say that is because all the games have, have been close. You know, we could have easily won those games as, as, as well as losing them. To be honest with you, so I, I don't see it was anything like you know somebody just you know kicked his you know kicked our teeth in and you know we just made us look sick. It was it was nothing like that. It was always a hard fought game. Um, that's that's what it boiled down to. So I I don't really worry about film. I think it's going to come down to like you said, protecting the football. That's what it's always going to come down to, especially in the games like this. Uh, but I, I don't really worry about it too much. I think once we roll and we we get everybody healthy, like we should. I think we show up this defensive line. I think it's what I think people don't quite understand. Like when I see other defenses and defensive lines and stuff, how they get at the people. That all those things are important. You got to have the right pieces, you know, to do the right things all the time. And so we seen last year what happened. Well, how come we didn't go to the Super Bowl? Well, on the D line, we didn't get no sacks. We didn't get any pressures. So those things came back to haunt Right. We had a good enough team. I mean, we got to the AFC championship game. and We should have probably won that game. Easy. We should have. So I'm not really worried about it uh, as much. You know, they're going to come in with their A game. We're going to come with our A game. But I always I'm always betting on the Chiefs. I think our A game is better than anybody else's A game that's out there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, J.D. is 100 percent correct on this one when it comes to these games are very winnable. Uh, And that's why I'm not overly concerned. I think it is a concern, but I'm not overly concerned. You always got to respect your opponent when they've beaten you the way that those teams have beaten the Chiefs over the last couple of years. But let's take it back even further. Let's take it back to 2019. You guys remember the two teams the Chiefs faced in the playoffs? It was the Texans and the Titans before they got to the Super Bowl. You know who beat the Chiefs in the regular season? The Texans and the Titans. And those games were actually uh, a little bit more of a margin of victory for those two teams than it was for the Bills and for the Bengals this year. So I look at it like that, man. I look at it like the Chiefs are a team that very much frustrate me in a lot of ways. But when it comes to the playoffs, I mean, let's be real, guys. Outside of two overtime losses, the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl every time. And let's be real here. Let's 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 give the Chiefs a break here. The Chiefs had a depleted offensive line and had they not had that, they're back-to-back world, Super Bowl champions. Yeah. So I'm going to give this team the – and look, more than both of you guys combined, I'm more critical on this team. I will I will go at this team, man. I will call people out, and I don't feel bad about it because it's genuinely how I feel and what I believe, That's and that. I will not BS anybody because you guys don't deserve that. You deserve the truth from me. Mm-hmm. Having said that, this team has hosted the last four FC championships, and that cannot be ignored. And this team is literally a half game out of the first seed of the AFC, despite these problems, despite these losses. So I'm going to give them enough of a benefit of the doubt to say they can get these things right, because it wasn't like even last season, because I heard people, I heard Randy Moss, the great Randy Moss this morning on ESPN, talk about, well, these losses this year are showing they missed Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry, do you guys not remember when Tyreek Hill was on this team last year when the Beagles came in here and whooped the Chiefs' ass 38-20? Or how about you know when the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31? Or in the AFC Championship when they won 27-24. I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill was in all three of those games. Yeah. So it isn't a Tyreek Hill thing, is it? It isn't something the Chiefs can't fix. That's what's frustrating to me, is the Chiefs can't fix them. So fix it, because this team's more than capable enough. This team can still very well win the Super Bowl. I still believe they're going to, but they do have some problems, guys. They need to fix them.
0: Well, I, I think, that's to me, that's that's the frustrating I have, is because what, what we end up doing is that we always nitpick at certain things on why they're not winning. Right. And so yeah. you know, Randy Moss says that, or somebody may be a little bit more critical on some things. Right. And I, I know you have your truth about how you see things, you know, and we could just easily, Oh, why did this student do listen, like I said, let, let's keep it in context. We went to four a- AOC championship games. Okay. Two Super Bowls, right. This is a very good football team with a ge- very good quarterback, tight end coach, we we know that okay they're a complete team and this team is always going to have a bullseye on their back. It's just how it is, right? They're, they're the, they're, when I said we're the standard, we are the standard in the NFL and everybody knows it. There's no doubt about it. And so until the Bills beat us to go to the, the championship and win the Super Bowl, then you know we're always going to be that thorn in their side. You know Cincinnati was like, whew, man, we got man, we got past them. I can't believe how they was beating us the first half in each game, and we finally we find ourselves here. And then all of a sudden, they start patting themselves on the back. They start, you know, getting a little bit of confidence. Well, maybe we are the, the giant killers around here, right? Maybe we are those guys. Yeah. Hey, man, keep keep believing that. I, I hope you get into a sense of comfort, dealing with that and thinking that's who you are. All right? Before you know it, you're going to get head over the head, all right, with, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? I, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, we, we got to understand this team, four NFC championships, two Super Bowls, this is a very good football team. Okay. And, they, and they're keeping all that together as much as possible as they can. All we've been doing is adding pieces. So we got some more wide receivers. We got some fast twitch guys. Tony's going to come back. You know what I mean? Uh, Juju, all those guys are going to start coming in where at the right time when you necessarily need them. And so we start doing that. Sky Moore's playing at a, a high level. He's starting to look like, you know, more of a veteran guy when he's out there. I'm starting to see Sky Moore a whole lot more uh, receiving the football. And so when I'm seeing that, you just putting these things together, right? It's just you just mixing it all, right? Okay, at the right time, it's like baking a cake. So, when, you, when you're putting all these ingredients in, hey, don't look, don't really taste that, throw a little bit more in. Okay, get this in here, put it up before you know it. You're gonna have your nice little cake, little you know, icing on top of it. You're ready to go and celebrate with it, man. So, that's how I'm looking at it right now.
2: Mm-hmm. You no. Know? Um, it's one thing I, I wanted to kind of highlight from, from today. I know we, we, we talk about the problems that exist in this game. There was plenty of it, but there were some bright spots, um, last week and pretty much every other week in the season, we kind of talk about the pass rush, not being there, but today that they, they came big with six sacks tonight. And I, I don't even know how many pressures we had, but we had, we had, we had a ton. And our guy, Carl Loftus, and I, JD and I, we, we were texting about Carl Loftus earlier, and he came to play today. He was in the backfield all game long. Um so I want to give uh you know shout out uh to the pass rush. What did you guys see? What did you guys like? Obviously the Six Sacks is amazing. What did you guys like about having that push up front this week that we didn't see last week against the Bengals? Go ahead, Lance.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that they didn't let they didn't let the Broncos come out of this game feeling comfortable. You you felt it immediately. The Broncos like, ah, oh, damn. Like this is just going to be more of the same." This cuz you saw the Chiefs last week give up 431 yards. You saw them allow 7 of 11 third-down conversions for the Beagles. And they came to this game and said, over our over our dead body. We're not going to let the Broncos do this to us, man. We, we just got embarrassed against the Beagles last week. We had opportunities. We did not get to Joe Burrow enough. We're not going to let Russell Wilson come out here and just start slinging the ball over the damn field. He doesn't have a starting wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Like I said, it wasn't until Patrick Mahomes started turning the ball over the defense even showed any signs that they had any weakness in this game. They looked very good. And as much as the secondary is young and inexperienced and, and, and gives up plays, I mean, we got to give Jerry Judy some credit, man. This kid's a hell of a route runner. He's fast as hell. He found speed. He found space. These dudes battled, man, and it was a hell of a battle. And I got to give this defense a lot of credit. I don't like the box score, but like I said, the box score doesn't always tell the whole story. And the box score tells us that the Chiefs gave up 28 points to a team that, like I said, was the bottom of the barrel offensively this season. And, in fact, I think this goes far more on the offense than it does the defense because the offense, after going up 27 to uh, – sorry, the Chiefs are up 27 to nothing. The Chiefs offense actually got outscored tonight. They got outscored 28 to 27 So, because they only scored 27 points offensively. So that's a weird thing to say. It's not often you say the Broncos outscore a team, let alone a team like the Chiefs that have Patrick Holmes as their quarterback. So George Kerloft who's really – every single week it seems like he's getting better and better. I love that Frank Clark was putting on the pressure. It sucks to see Russell Wilson go down with that concussion, but Frank Clark did not give up on that play, and that's everything I need to see from him because I am not, I don't have a ton of expectation for Frank Clark anymore at this point of his career. I think he's a good, solid rotational piece, but to see him not give up on a play like that, you hate to see a guy go down to injury, but to see Frank Clark keep that from being a touchdown, that's a hell of a play, man. So I think the Chris Jones, Colin Saunders, Brandon Williams, like we just talked about a few minutes ago, seeing these guys step up in a game like this was... What saved this game? I know Jerick McKinnon had a baller game. We could talk about him. But the defense staved up, and they did save Patrick Mahomes from losing a a game. The Chiefs had no business even making it into a game.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the the pass rush was was definitely uh, a lot better than what they have seen last week, no doubt about it. And so, uh, like we were talking about Kalafikas earlier, I'm just like, look, I I just – it's time for this guy to kind of get out here and ride. We we needed those guys, and the context we were using it in – I was looking at the Cincinnati game, and of course, you know uh, Hendricks and those guys are coming after. Like those relentless guys. I said, man, I love guys like that. I just love it, and I hate playing against guys like that. And that's what you know, uh, uh, George gives you. He gives that. He gives you all of that hard, you know, coming, scratching, crawling, spinning, tucking. It's like, man, I like guess is this guy ever going to quit? No, he's not. And we need a guy like that. Matter of fact, when you see that. With Dunlop, and you see that with, like you said, with Frank also too, that right there gives you a lot of hope as far as like, look, these guys kind of understand what it means to kind of get back into the quarterback. Now, Chris does a good job. I'm still needing to see the guys on the inside helping Chris out. That's why I think we have the issue and the problem is that other defensive tackle is not getting the push. But I think when Williams coming in, I think it's going to help out a whole lot. You know, Dan is trying to do it from where he is. Man, he's kind of undersized. Where he's at, so they, you know, they're gonna be able to grab him up a little bit more. Uh, but I think the, you know, the pressure in the, in, the, in the sacks was 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 critical. It was absolutely critical, like you said, not to keep him comfortable at all, because you can't like look. Russell Wilson, he'll still let it cook if you let it. Okay, And Jerry Judy's a very good wide receiver, no doubt about it. So, uh, now that that was that was exceptional. We need to have that going into the playoffs and be deep in the playoffs. Guys coming off the football, we need to have that. So it was, it was good to see the guys come out here, make some sacks, get some pressures. Uh, I think the defense did pretty well.
2: Yeah, and another thing that kind of stood out to me um, was because I, I, I was hoping to see uh, this week you when know, with Brand Williams in there, because you know we were talking about the, the run game, not being able to stop um, a nosebleed on, on run defense last week we had that such a big lead that they really couldn't run the ball. I mean, it was more, they, they kind of went to pass, one pretty early on that game. So we never actually got to see how good our run D was going to be with, with, the addition of Brandon Williams, which kind of sucked. I, I wanted to be able to see that. Um, but I, I want to ask you guys this. and I know JD, you, you and I have talked about how if Jerick McKinnon in the past, we talked about if Jerick McKinnon was a, a, a little bit bigger of a back, he'd be our, he'd be a, our three down back. He'd be, he'd be the, the full on guy. If he's a little bigger, he'd be our perfect Andy Ray running back. Um, and I got to ask you with, with his injury uh, history and, and like we saw last year, we didn't see Jarek McKinnon like fully till like the, towards the end of the season as we got into the postseason. And it seems like over the last few weeks, well, obviously with CH being out, but more so in the last few weeks, we're starting to see more of McKinnon. And it, obviously we're getting, we're getting closer to the playoffs and we're starting to get him more involved in the rotation. Um, cause before he was just coming in on third downs and that was it. Now he's kind of getting, you know, he's, he's getting more involved than he had been previously. Um, is this obviously something that's that we're doing this purposely? Because as we go into playoffs, we'll be using him more. Is that, is that what that is? I think so.
0: I, you know, Jim McKinnon, is he's Mister Everything. He's the one that can do it all. To be honest with you, and you got to have a guy like that, especially kind of teaching Pacheco, who who may still uh, doesn't quite have the pass protection down. Still needs to be desired on his on his end, but also too, when you go into the playoffs, you got to trust a guy like that. And so what you got to understand is the NFL season is longer than the college season. And so that's another thing. You got a rookie coming in, running the football. He's going to start feeling it. He might not think he will, but he will start feeling the like, okay, because your body get used to, man, I'm only playing, you know, 10, 11 games, but now I'm doing, you know, 17 and then the playoffs and I'm, I'm playing until January, you know, like, man, this is what we're going to be doing. So Pacheco's season usually is going to start ending around now. <laughs> it usually yeah. would be. So this is important. So, Jett McKinnon's coming in, taking a little off. You see, Pacheco on the sideline. He just watching. He's learning. He's watching, and so it's all—it's tempo. It's all about tempo. He's been at before, Jack McKinnon. You ain't got no question about him whatsoever. When you come in, you already know he's got it down. He already knows what to do. He could—he could—he could do it. Shell out all the—all the blocking responsibilities. Everybody on the line. I'm sure as good as Patrick, you might even let Patrick the whole way. Hold on, we got to come here, right? And so. That when you have a veteran presence like that, that's so important, especially in the pass protection. But also, too, when you when you're making plays, he can make guys miss. Jim has just always been a, a talent to back every since he got into the league. It's just the injuries that just been holding back. We know that. And so it's unfortunate because uh this this, this kind of led him here, but I'm I'm glad it did, you know, because to be honest with you, I, I don't know what we would do with a guy that, that didn't have that type of experience, and then you have a, a guy like Pacheco coming in and trying to do things. And, you know, it just it leaves you a little bit more uh, vulnerable to things as well. So he's just a solid guy, man, all the way around. I'm a, I'm a huge Jared McKinnon fan. Huge.
1: Yeah, you guys remember last postseason when the Chiefs absolutely slaughtered the Steelers, had that historic game against the Bills, and then had themselves a really good first half against the Bengals. Outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, there was not a better player on this roster than Jerick McKinnon on that in that run. He was absolutely phenomenal, Uh, and it was funny, too, because the whole entire season, he did not do a single thing. He was not a contributor whatsoever, and to your guys' point about him being an undersized player, uh, he's in his 30s now, he's dealt with a ton of injuries in his career, this guy has flourished in the opportunities he's been given in Kansas City, Mm. and I'll be honest with you guys, as much as I love Pacheco, and I think that kid is an absolute stud, I think that I'm pretty sure they make cocaine out of his DNA because the dude is just constantly just up and down. He has so much energy; it's absurd, it's insane. But I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me right now who I have the most faith and trust in when it comes to the running backs on this team going into the postseason, it is without question Jarek McKinnon. Oh yeah, not just because Isaiah Pacheco's some rookie. It has mm-hmm. not it, honestly. It has nothing to do with Pacheco. It has everything to do with what McKinnon's done. And right. I think that he is just a guy that is a dual-threat running back, and that is the perfect asset in an Andy Reid offense. Because the best running back in the history of Andy Reid's offense has been Brian Westbrook. And Brian Westbrook was a dual-threat running back. He didn't light up the scoreboard with the rushing stats. The man was catching the ball and was great in pass pro. He knew how to protect the Donovan Knab. He knew how to protect uh, 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 and Kevin Kolb, any of those guys he played with back in the Philadelphia days. Yeah. That is what McKinnon is. He's a, He is that version of that guy in this new offense for Andy Reid in Kansas City. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It wouldn't shock me none. If the Chiefs make a deep playoff push, That Jerick McKinnon is not one of the three to five most valuable players on the Chiefs roster because he just – I call him Clutch McKinnon because in games like this when you need him, he goes yeah. out there and performs. I mean, the man only had 13 touches tonight and had 124 yards and two touchdowns. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's numbers that Saquon Barkley should put up. That's numbers that the best running backs in football should put up. This is a guy that's a backup to a backup when everyone's healthy. That's absurd, man. So he deserves all the praise. He deserves the flowers. We got to give it to him. And I'm expecting him to be another big time contributor to this this playoff push.
0: You know, and 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 kind of on that, when you think about like running screens and how it looks, you know, like you know, like a lot of it is just kind of uh it's the acting part of it. Just I mean he's he's been around, he knows how to do it, how to be effective. Because sometimes a young guy just tell his hand, you know, he's just so amped up, you know, like Pacheco said, uh oh, screen like uh, oh screen, you can tell he's gonna run a screen, or you pass protection. You see him kind of bouncing back, and I'm watching him. I, I'm just watching, you know, how he's uh how he's actually you know being utilized in the backfield and whatnot. And he's still got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to learn, but he's got a great guy in front of him, McKinnon. And so, like he was saying, even if he has CEH. Look, CAH. I'm not putting CAH in when I got Jared McKinnon back here. Could, the, the catch the ball out the backfield or does the pass protection that knows everything. Like I said, that's a guy. That's a hat you can lean on. That's one guy, you could definitely lean on. Uh, you know, with especially in the playoffs. So, he, he, without a doubt, man, he would be like you said, one of the, the three or four guys that you look at stats wise. Like, wow, here's McKinnon. Shouldn't surprise you whatsoever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and like you said, yeah, look at that playoff run last year. He was huge for us. Um, and 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 JD and I talked about it uh, after that after that Bengals game. We should have given him the ball more in that Cincinnati cool. game. He yes. was eaten. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. So. And, and it, it's good to see that it's kind of the same kind of formula because towards the end of last year, I remember his Broncos game was his come out party. That was like week sixteen, I believe. Yeah, he, he had a huge game in that one, and that was kind of as okay. We're going to start to see a little bit more of him as we as we uh, continue. Um. So. so- um.
0: So let me say this, you know, because I think this is, this is kind of where everybody's mind is, right? It's like when, when you go into the playoffs and what are you looking for? I'm thinking, you know, we still don't have all our pieces. Okay, we, we just don't. We don't have all our guys here. You know, McGraw, we don't have Tony. There's guys we we, we know we're going to get back. Okay, we got backups as far as on the line that could come out here and play. Maybe some fresh legs to do some things. We just got Williams here, which is going to help out. Tremendously in the run game, I'm thinking we, we are still putting these things together. And what we've seen all these other teams, you see, these guys are playing. They ain't, they ain't got nobody else. All the guys, they, they, you know, they they're out here. They've been out here playing, and so we know what they got to throw. You know, throw at the Chiefs. True, they ain't see McCole like you know the Bengals didn't see McCole and, uh, and and Tony. They ain't see that, so they're gonna be that's another weapon we can use just on special teams alone in itself, right? So it's things we're adding on to the mix, just making the teams better. We're going to be a much better team when it comes to playoffs. And I think that's one thing that we got to continue to like look at. We're going to become a better team. Um, and so I, that's why I don't want to – yeah, we we can go ahead and, and talk about the things being critical. But as far as like how I see it, I see ourselves still putting this thing together, still putting the cake together. When we get ready for the playoffs, we're going to be firing all cylinders. Right? What do you think, Lance? And, and Marcus, y'all talk to me. What do y'all think? That's how I see it. So, what do y'all think?
1: Yeah, I think that, the, like, again, it, it, this is the biggest reason why when I when I talk during games, I, I get I get frustrated in the moment. But then I sit back and I'll, obviously talking to you guys makes things a lot better because you know I I hear the 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 sound clarity coming from JD. You know from the experiences he had in his career and understanding you got to look at the big picture because in the moment you get so frustrated with these things and and you and you forget just what this team has accomplished throughout the last four or five years. And how this team is still very much in great shape to make these things happen. I think it's a culmination of the past and how things have always just seemed to. This franchise just seemed to be so snake bitten, especially in the playoff run, where you know a team is so poised and ready to win a Super Bowl, and then there's a no punt game, and then there's you know things that always seem to happen. That just how did this take place? You know, you just kick yourself. How did they? How did the Chiefs lose in 2016 when they didn't allow a touchdown to the Steelers? You know, there's always this stuff in the back of your head that thinks it's just going to happen again. And then you remember, oh, yeah, no matter what matchup the Chiefs have, no matter how frustrating things might be in certain games in certain weeks of during the season, they are going to have the best quarterback, head coach, duo, no matter who they face in the playoffs. And that is something that I always go back and give myself a nice little breather and, and take solace in. And and, and and again, this is not me trying to downplay anything. Because this team does have issues. Let's be honest, guys. They be have cool. an inexperienced right, right. secondary. The The run game has been uh, inept at times. Uh, the play calling has been questionable at times. Patrick Mahomes has made some costly turnovers. But at the end of the ga- day, guys, if we're all being honest here, I don't think we would trade our places with any other franchise or any other fan base. I don't think we would. So I do believe they're going to click on all cylinders. I think they're going to utilize these next three or four games to figure out some of these problems because I do believe this is a coaching staff that is capable of doing so. And I do believe Patrick Mahomes is such a workaholic and a perfectionist and as EB calls him, a a competitive prick. If he's truly who he says he is and what they say he is, then I believe that by postseason's time, whether the Chiefs have the one seed, two seed, or three seed – they're going to be ready to take care of business when that time comes, guys. And I still have very much faith that's going to happen. It may not be easier than some other runs they've had, but it can still be done. And I do have faith they're going to get it done. Right.
0: Yeah. Look, I, I, and I'd rather, I'd rather them not have faith in the Chiefs. I'd rather them not talk about us. Talk about the Bills and, and the Bengals. Put put the pressure on them, right? Do that. And, and, yeah. and they'll see the Chiefs coming and watching me hit you over the head with it. So that's what I'm hoping for. And i oh oh, Joe Burrow's looking incredible. And, you know, they're doing up there in the Bills, man. They're going to – fine. Talk about those guys. Please do that, all right? When you're doing that, just know the Kansas City Chiefs are sitting there waiting. We got a guy, Patrick Mahomes, is sitting there like this. Come on, bring it on. You got other guys out here with the swag and whatnot who's ready to compete. They're ready to do it. because he can't wait to get back on the field. You know that. You just tell guys, cannot wait this to get back on the field. And start doing uh offenses the defense is in. Seriously. So I'd rather do it. Hey, put us on the back burner. I guess we're not the hot topic anymore, right? Now it's going to be the three interceptions, Patrick Mahomes. Now he doesn't look look like the MVP. Now he looks like he's, you know, the, the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. At this moment, All right, whatever. Keep that going. Keep that rhythm going if you want to do it that way. I, I'd rather do it that way as opposed to keeping it on the front burner all the time talking about it and being critical on everything, right? You still be critical, but guess what? Hey, every team has an issue. I don't care what te- There's not one team out here that I'm sitting there saying, "Look, these guys are just perfect all the way through." Every single team I look at has an issue. Yeah. It's all about exploiting them. That's what you do. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I, and that's the thing. Every team has their own issues. You know, you could say oh, the Bills are the one seed right now. You know, they look like a lock to be in the, the Super Bowl they have their issues they 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 have, they have no running game it, it, it's a different guy each week and they can't get get past 30 yards i mean um and we have issues too. we have we have we have, a, we have a young secondary um and right now we when we played the bills we didn't have our, our, our full uh, cast of characters um and bills didn't have their full cast of characters either so like there's a lot we don't know about about them i believe they had a few injuries injuries in their secondary when we played them uh in buffalo um so like yeah every team's got their their thing but for the most part, and going into the playoffs, not everyone's gonna be 100 healthy, but we'll actually have, we'll have our full cast of guys on offense. We'll have McColl back, we'll have Tony back, and we'll have you know we'll have uh, McKinnon uh, and we'll see at CH too. I mean, we'll we'll have everyone back, and as we've seen, CH and McColl were very huge for us in the red zone, and we haven't been the same without those two guys. So go figure. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, next week um, on the tab, we got Houston uh, next Sunday. Houston. You know, uh, two, uh, one, two, one and eleven and one this year, but they had Dallas on the ropes uh, today. So, like, this isn't a team to uh, scoff at.
0: But it, it, it's the same. It's, it's the same. Like the, the Chiefs playing the Broncos. You know, the Dallas is thinking this is Houston. Who, who do they have? Yeah. Right. Who they have on the? the we, we're the Dallas Cowboys right now. We're we're already being projected going to the Super Bowl. We got everything that you that you want: an offensive defense. A defense is playing a high level uh Dak is doing a tremendous job Power, you know Paula's going off zeke is having a good time he looks you know like he's a young spring chicken it's the same thing and so when you go down there and play in houston houston like sure we you know we wound the ducks we're gonna come here we still gonna try to hit you in the mouth so i, don't, I you know I don't, I don't look at that as far as it's just same thing probably just not being as focused as you should mm-hmm. right but it's the nfl this 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 is the nfl Guys getting paid to win games. Nobody, I don't care. Not one team and not one person is gonna lay down for any other guy. And if you do, you shouldn't be in the league. Period. Point blank.
1: Yeah. When when any team that has Lovey Smith on the sideline, I'm gonna respect that team, regardless of what the record mm-hmm. is. That guy, that guy led a team to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman as his quarterback. So <laughs> that's that's I'm gonna give that guy's respect. So yeah, they may have a terrible record, they may have the number one overall pick. But that's a team that you saw today against a very good Cowboys team. They gave them every ounce of a fight. That team will go out there, man, and swing and swing hard. Yeah. And the Chiefs better take them seriously. I, I'm not expecting the Chiefs to to lose to the Texans, but the Chiefs better be ready for a for a dog fight because Lovey Smith and that badass beard of his, they're gonna be ready to fight, man. <laughs> I'm you, I got beard hey, respect. I see you. I see you. Know that I mean? <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, love it, yeah, great, great coach, no doubt about it. He'll have them ready.
2: Yep. Uh, looking at the opening line for uh next week, uh, Chiefs, I've opened up as a 14 point favorite against the Texans, and that is that's at Houston too, so I the to travel for that. So 14 points, and I believe, um, I believe Dallas was a 17 and a half point favorite against uh Houston today. So, yeah.
1: and that game, I think the Texans had the lead with like two minutes
2: left. Yeah, they, they don't Lately with like a minute left, and Dallas yeah. scored, scored a touchdown at the end had to put them up by four. And then, yeah. okay, I didn't it see was, it that was nail
1: biter.
0: Wow, okay, I just yeah. seen the end of the, the, the score. I didn't know it was like that, though. Oh,
2: yeah, so yeah, they, they, they went to uh Jeff Driscoll, their uh third string court. Well, he was he was their third stringer, but yeah, now I guess he now he's their guy they're going with for the rest of the season.
1: We'll see.
2: Looked all right, Duel, dual threat QB, He looked all right. The uh, poor
1: man's Shane Michelle.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except there's, there's a lot of Chief fans who think Shane Michelle could be a stunner, uh, QB1 somewhere. Uh, people think we could trade him for a third round pick, which. Woo. There's hot. Yeah. Huge, huge hot takes. A lot of them. You saw a lot of those during preseason when he was tearing up the, the Fort Stringers on the Bears. Like, oh, yeah, this guy. Saying.
1: Hey, Brock Purdy just put a 35 burger on our boy Tom Brady. So, hey, uh, anything could happen, fellas.
2: Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns, our post-game show presented by Online. We'll see you guys on our post-game show next Sunday. Uh, you can catch Lance on the Spoken Podcast uh, every Saturday, and you can obviously catch me and J.D. right on Chief Concerns on uh, Thursday. Um, so we, got a, lot of, we got, a lot, got a lot of good stuff for you guys this week, as we, especially as we approach the playoffs. So get down to the nitty-gritty. So um, exciting stuff. You guys so, have a absolutely. great weekend. All right, All, right, guys, brother, good, All right. Love you guys. I See love you guys. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.